So, Bud, Paul, Arts, Brian, Kirsten. Is that going to hurt anybody's brain? Today on the Geek Out Podcast, do the people of China finally break through the Great Firewall? Spoiler alert, no. They're making all sorts of old movies into TV shows. But why? Joe Russo trashes Marvel stars who are beating him at fantasy football. And there is so much coming soon, like the Mandalorian and his dark materials and the Star Wars holiday special. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. You people are great actors. I love it. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> oh, yeah. Strapped you people on us. Wow. Oh, no. Here we Holy go. Mackerel. <laughs> you radio people. It's the Zones Geek Out Podcast, episode 107. We record this on Tuesday, October 20th, 2020. Whoa. 10 2020 2020. Wow. Mm. That's cool. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. Art should be hopefully joining us soon. Uh, he hopefully won't be out for the whole night, but he is presently dealing with school stuff. School stuff. I'm uh, DJ Boitano. <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm not physically in the building, but I made it in time. Oh, um, yeah. it's a roll Dude. from your downstairs to your upstairs. That's not fair. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am. Uh, yeah, I'm live via satellite right now, and then uh, you can hear me on the weekend zone, ten to four, and every weekday in the mixtape in the afternoon zone. Um, I'm Paulino. Paul, I'm Paulino. Paulino. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't screw it up this time. <laughs> Amazing. Paul Stino. I'm Paul And I host that Afternoon Zone. Uh, not too much to report this week, team. Hope everyone's well. Shave my armpits this week. Does everyone shave their armpits here? To, all uh, the way? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Uh, that's like, all all the really way like, down to the quick? What do you call it for boys? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called the skin. What are you talking about? I just shave my armpits. I shave it down, but but it's a weird thing. And so I'm, I'm, fair warning to you all trapped in the room with me. Brian, you are uh, This is why the this. windows were open. Oh, no. He's going to no, smell. No, no, no. I just, put no, your arm down. I th- I, no, I think I smell good. I put. But here's the oh, thing. I use, well, this is a weird thing I want to run by you. This is a weird thing. Uh, this is so many things. I... Shave my armpits usually keep it because like hair traps stink. You guys know about that, right? Yeah. So to cut down on stink, but yesterday I had a, the most powerful stink I've ever had in my life. <laughs> okay, just what is this? Why did you ask us if we also all is this some sort of mid-October thing that I've missed my whole life where we're all supposed to suddenly like go clean shaven in our pits? No, I keep a pretty clean shaven generally. Okay. Do you shave your armpits, bud? Again, down to the quick. No, I have like uh, the size large on my electric shaver. Oh, that's so nice. it's like there's a fuzz. Yeah, yeah, that's I do that. I do that too. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. But on your like, pits. it sounded like you went right down to the, to the wood, quick. not to the quick. Oh, the wood. That's to the it. wood. That's shave it down it to the wood. What that's does what it is. That, what? I've never when you shave it. your head, yeah, they say you take it right down to the wood. Really? Yeah, or anywhere, oh, anywhere. I mean, that. like ladies take it down to the wood. But really? uh, oh hell yeah, yeah, take it down to the wood, kid. But Kirsten armpit. Shaving? Yeah, but I don't get. I don't have those. They're gone to the quick. Brian? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm Filipino, so I don't have a lot of body hair. Okay. <laughs> he takes it where he can get it. <laughs> Anywho, just a tip for everyone. Yeah, do shave your armpit hair if, but. 
But wow, I, it was a weird thing, and maybe this is geek related. I had to stay up all night watching like old Star Trek uh, because I couldn't get to sleep because I stank so bad, and I was like, what? even to yourself. Oh if yeah, you smelling your own stink. That's that's what's really bad. It was like a a strange and unnatural, and like it was like someone came in and switched their body odor with mine. Maybe it was you should wow. spend less time wiping your butt and more time cleaning the rest of you. Okay, mm, now I think the butt wiping just speaks to how clean I am as a person. Okay, all the time. okay, back this up. So you still have underarm hair, a little bit, a little fuzz. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. This is weird. Um, Kirsten, please. Save us. Carson James. Oh, God. <laughs> By the way, when Art comes in, yeah. um, we'll, you know, we'll say yay. We'll do say, I'll probably have him we'll say... We'll say yay? Don't tell me how I feel about <laughs> Art walking in this room. <laughs> we'll probably say something akin to yay. I'll have him do his intro. After his intro's done, Kirsten, if you could also pause then and say, and I'm Kirsten James, <laughs> like we've been waiting for him the whole time. I okay. think that'd be a funny joke. Yeah. Art is, I'm going to ask Art about his under, underpits, oh and he is going to be like, so, like, I'm so glad, bud, to know that you do, and it's like a normal thing. But Art, whenever you ask him stuff like that, he's like, what? No, weirdo. No, what? <laughs> it's a fairly normal enough thing. I'm just a little concerned that you brought it up on a podcast the entire planet could hear if they wanted to. It's well, just, it's just oh, I'm just trying to share the information. Oh, geez. This week I on... support you in your armpit hair choices. This... How about Johnny? Does he shave his pants? Okay. No, I don't... Maybe he does. I don't know. Never notice. Maybe he does. Your yeah, husband? I don't know. You've he's never not... noticed. Well, it's not like he like lifts his arms up with like a good view of his armpit hair. I don't know. What? Like, Doesn't he? Don't you know, know. what the bottom of your bottom bit looks like? I know what his bottom looks like, yeah. Oh, my God. What's, <laughs> oh, my God. This week on Buds Weekly Geek Up. Oh, my God. Um, Mid-last little... month, uh, an app shows up out of nowhere. I mean, we know where it came from. It came from a large Chinese cybersecurity company um, <laughs> called Tuber, which all of a sudden let... The people in the People's Republic of China view websites like Facebook and Google oh. and Twitter oh, wow. and YouTube, which they had never, you know, without using a VPN, which, you know, can be done, but is a little complicated for the average bear. And, of course, China cracks down on this stuff all the time. But they've never seen those mm. sites before. And it was kind of the weirdest thing. And there was, there was much rejoicing. Mm. And uh, that all ended this past Saturday when it just disappeared. Oh. Um, so, very sad uh, news. Uh, just... In my weekly geek out, I go over a bit, bit of a brief history of China and their their information control and kind of how things are going. And it wasn't like a fully opened up internet. Um, you know, if you search Tiananmen Square, you got zero results. That kind of thing. Oh, the, the, great, the Great Firewall still has its uh, a certain amount of its power. But they were able to see how these sites work and see a lot of content they couldn't before. And even state journalists over there were like, this is incredible. I don't know why or how this happened. But uh, yeah, so the owner of the company who, the cybersecurity company who launched Tuber, uh, delisted from the New York Stock Exchange in 2016 and aligned his, his vision with China and everything. So it would seem that he's on the side of the state, but then again, it just disappeared after a couple of weeks. So who knows? It's hard to say. And I highly doubt we'll get a straight answer from anybody now about what happened. So, but wait a minute, I'm confused. Okay, so this person develops a thing that allows the average Chinese person yeah. to look at websites that the state has previously just shuttered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
But then how is he on the side of the state as well? Well, that's again, it's speculation. You know, it's weird that it even existed for more than a couple days. Right. You know, because it was big news. So it's the question is. If the government wasn't actually behind this, which, I mean, personally, I don't think they were. Why would they be? Exactly. Because then when you download the app, you have all their information and then you can be. They like, already have the all their information. They downloaded you- this app and they are not comrades of us. That's now. the wrong word. <laughs> Never, I, no, China's, China's uh, that one. <laughs> what? <laughs> that one. What one's that? that one. <laughs> I the, get to blame everyone. They're those comrade on, ones. On being pregnant. Um, that one. That one. The hammer and sickle people. Russia. No, but the so USSR communist. Communist. That one. Yeah, that one. You already need to have your real name attached to your internet account, and all of your stuff is already tracked in uh, in China. Oh, so smart. <laughs> smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, it. Was a, a weird story, and hard to know if it will go anywhere. But uh, worth reporting cool. on this week. I wonder what yeah. Chinese people thought of <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Right. I'm sure they were like, wow, everyone's got a racist uncle. What's the deal? (laughs) Wow, this really puts that on display. What was the big takeaway? Because obviously this is a very complicated story, bud, and I'm sure you talked more about it in your geek out. But like, what was your main takeaway from it? I would love to think that the government saw this happen and let it happen for a little bit. And after a couple weeks, they're like, hey, the country didn't blow up. We don't have protests all over everything over the internet. Right. So maybe my hope Mm. is that maybe possibly they will look to develop something like this or open the gates just a little bit more, give their people a little bit more credit than they do now. That's my hope. That's a nice thought. Interesting. (laughs) We'll see. I'm half Chinese. I need to disclaim that, Brian. We have a whole crap ton of things coming soon. Uh, The Mandalorian Season 2, that's a... On Disney Plus on October 30th. By the way, did we all get our your membership is renewing soon emails? No. Oh, yeah, I got yeah, mine today. Got mine. So. Mine's not till November, though, so yeah. I'm going to cancel it. Just binge or something. Those sons of guns. You can't yeah. binge oh, the yeah, Mandalorian, though. It's episode all by those episode. Bastards. That's how they get Disney. you. I'll be going month to month, absolutely, yeah. from here on. They, That's a really good call. That's what I'm looking at. What an absolute trick do they did upon me probably eight months i didn't mm-hmm. touch disney plus right but that's yeah. co that's covid though man like all of those yeah, marvel totally things COVID. were supposed to be out like we would have had right, a okay. new marvel tv show like every what three months or something was the plan like yeah something like that so that's that's definitely a covid but but that's fine i'll do the two months and then i can just go month to month after that right mm-hmm. yeah i believe so so that's what i'll do it's that like okay plan as well do you have something worthwhile for me to be watching then great and you know what i'll try and get my fix of the sword on the stone or whatever else the disney classics during then if i'm having a real yeah but did you during your year yeah, he watched the call. You watched the creepy black cauldron. Yeah, I did. Oh, oh, once in a while, you watched a movie. Good. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know if it was one a month. And so, like, really, mm-hmm. if I was paying my eight dollars a month, you know. But like, don't you I also have Netflix? Don't you also have Crave? Of course, you yes. know. So yes. there's lots. There's no shortage. No, but but my I do stick up for Disney. Is that like the call? The quality and the caliber of the stuff that's on Disney Plus is yeah. better than for the most part Netflix. Yeah, not wrong. Like they bat a higher average, you know, just with the Simpsons alone is worth it having that. But uh, yeah, again, I think I can I'll I'll subscribe. This is what everyone ought to do. Subscribe for the months that good things are out <laughs> are coming out new. Vote with your wallet. Vote with your wallet and then 
enjoy the rest of the entire Disney library during those months. And when you, there's not something new and good out, then there's no reason to subscribe. If you if you haven't experimented with Disney Plus like we all have and done the yearly subscription or whatever, this is the way to do it. Yeah. But I think Disney is going to know that every single month now they have got to, after this year, tiptoe into it. And yes, COVID being what it was, but they have got to consistently every single month yeah. give you a new reason to subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. And it's going to be where... I think exceptions to the average bear rule of, you know, who would probably go in there, log into their account and cancel for a month. But if enough people do that, yes, I'm hoping that that message will be sent to Disney. Keep it up. And yes, COVID. But. For me, the um, it's I think just having the two kids that are are six and ten, oh, they sure. consume more Disney plus stuff than they do Netflix. Uh, and then my myself and my wife were kind of the opposite. We consume more Netflix stuff than we do Disney Plus stuff. So we're kind of trapped in that scenario in that like I signed up for Disney Plus a year ago and it's like, ah, shit, I'm kind of stuck with this now. Because even though there's not a, any of that, the new stuff that, you know, I'm personally looking forward to, they got it. They really got into Gravity Falls and to the oh. point where they're like, it's kind of now their cartoon version of The Office where they rewatch <laughs> awesome. and rewatch and rewatch it. And there's all these yeah, other other movies that, that they're into and, and other shows that they're into that's all only really offered on Disney+. Plus. So um, for the family, it seems like the yearly subscription might still end up working out um, because I don't see us really canceling it without them kind of putting up putting up a fuss my baby is gonna be a netflix and an hbo baby (laughs) (laughs) HBO baby. (laughs) here kids sit down watch season one of game of thrones yep yeah that's great kirsten i love you like a sister who's having a baby but oh my god it's a thousand degrees in here can i please crack one of these windows yeah they can be open thank you oh my yeah kirsten came in here brian oh my god you hear this and she's just like it's freezing in here pulling the pregnancy card all over the place i didn't even say that no I wrote down exactly what was said. Kirsten comes in and says, ooh, why, it's so, why is it so cold in here? And Paul says, I like it cold. And Kirsten's like, oh, F you, and closes all the windows. Yeah, you're not just saying to us we're pregnant. We're aware of that. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say that. Actually, just, no, you said that, Paul. Yeah, but if I would have pushed back a little bit, I'm absol- I wouldn't even have the words out of my mouth yet, and you would have held up a big cartoon sign that says pregnant. No, so no. here are two reasons to hang on to Disney Plus for the next couple months. Okay. Weirdest thing, uh, a Lego hand, the yellow Lego hand, just attached on its own with a little ribbon around it. Um, I believe it was to Luke from your father, and and this was the teaser poster for the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special coming to Disney Plus November seventeenth. I am intrigued. Yeah. Paul, Kirsten, Brian, tell me what your thoughts are on this, please. Kirsten. <laughs> Like I don't know what is is it gonna are they gonna be doing the Star Wars holiday special? Do you mean like a shot for shot? Yeah, this is the curiosity I know. Yeah. Like, are they gonna get Mark Hamill? Yeah, this is the question. Yeah, why not? He likes voicing. Stuff. Yeah, why not? But like, what is? I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, I like Christmas and I like Star Wars and Lego is okay by me. I think mm. this is just going to be in name only. It's going to be the Lego, uh, the Star Wars holiday special, like Lego edition. They'll have some things that kind of 
maybe pay homage to the other like maybe they'll have a segment that's like the chewy family or whatever because that's right. what they said on the poster or on the on the twitter or whatever it said celebrate life day which is what the yeah. star that wars was holiday, the special holiday special is. Yeah. and life day is what november 17th so yeah. i s- feel like it's going to have to do with the original I, I think it will only be like an homage as as brian says i i yeah. certainly don't think they can do a shot for shot you look at 1978 and the pacing of yeah, television and so films true. at yeah. that time we would have people lost in two minutes if they did that shot for shot even in animated lego also not a lot of people <sighs> have seen the original holiday special because it aired that's true and then george lucas was like nope no more destroy it's it <laughs> it's burn it well it's become a cult classic on youtube certainly like it was proto meme it was one of those oh know, god it was black market vhs right tapes. yeah yeah so so i think like enough people maybe know about the lore and the legend of yes. the star wars holiday special now that you could get away with like maybe not shot for shot certainly but kind of you know poking fun at that but i was explaining the star wars holiday special to jenny because she didn't really know <laughs> And, and she was minus 12 when that show aired, I'm sure. Like, yeah, oh, minus more than that. Oh, my God. But she, okay, I was like, am I right about this? Because I've never actually watched the entire thing because I, I, I punk out about like two minutes into the 12 minutes <laughs> Chewbacca family scene. Yeah. Which, and as, as I'm describing this to her, I'm like, they just talk Chewbacca language. Yeah. For 12 minutes without subtitles. No. Yeah. This was on television. Yeah. It preempted Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk. Like, uh, people, like, yeah, yeah, it's, like, the insane. And it only gets more insane from there as far as, like, you know, when you skip through and see all the rest of that crap, B. Arthur singing a song about and, this. And it ends with, like, a six-minute ballad, yeah. you know, like, it's toned down oh, ballad God. like pull at your heartstrings attempted kind of yeah yeah it was something else and those actors aren't singers no no no, no they are not no, no they are no. not singers um god rest her soul but to carrie fisher admittedly yeah. coked yeah. way <laughs> out of her mind she was so high she was so high for the whole recording <laughs> which makes sense now if you watch it it makes sense. Ladies and gentlemen, Art Aronson! Oh, Yay! He made it! I'll say this one thing before, because Art's plugging his headphones in. Um, if anybody has ever played Lego insert movie franchise here, Indiana right. Jones or Star Wars or whatever, nobody talks. It's all efforts and, and emotes, but there is no, there are no, like, verbal vocalizations of words but, but, in those games. But there are, oh, like, ga- oh. like, TV shows and specials and movies and things that are, like, the Lego style. Oh, sure, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Isn't there? Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm thinking more of the games than the shows, so... Welcome. Oh, thank you. Kristen Tell us about yourself. <laughs> he hasn't said his thing yet. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> who are, are you, you guys in the intro right now? No, no, no. We're waiting for you. So tell us who you well, are. Why do you smell like a shower? Yeah, he smells fresh. Yeah, you do smell good. Do you no, shave no. your armpits? We had, oh, my God. <laughs> I, oh my god! I just put hand sanitizer on, guys. You got to be safe. <laughs> Is that what a shower smells like? Who's now? hand sanitizer? Because that's really nice smelling oh, hand you know sanitizer. No, it's laundry. That's what it is. Laundry, isn't it? Could be, but I just put on hand sanitizer. It's not hand sanitizer. It's la- yeah, it's something. It's Answer the question. How how did take your armpit hair down? No, no, no I have other questions. Okay. Oh boy! First off, told you what coming. Actually, it's not a question. It's more a specific. I understood something oh. after listening to the last couple of podcasts paul yes. oh, we're oh, always geez. we're always like where's paul facino 
And I, I kind of, I kind of just nodded off as saying, uh, "We're on Paul Postino time." You know, he's yeah. he's he's doing his thing, whatever. But now I know what he's doing. He's wiping his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Four, four minutes at a time. Four minutes at a time. I think I'm very self-conscious about my wiping now. Oh, Thank my God. Good. I hope you all think of me when you're wiping your oh, butts God. for not enough time. <laughs> oh, God. Look at... Oh, okay, to be fair, and it's way longer. Okay, anyone who's ever lived with me will happily tell you that I spend... Hours at a time, an hour at least uh, on the can because I love a nice leisure dump. I, I live oh with so many people. Gosh. I got want some alone time for There's once one in my life. There's one bathroom in your house, you monster. I always go to everyone. Everyone, I'm pooping because I don't want to pee oh before my I go. God, no. And, and then they know. They can text me. I'm this on my phone. They know that oh if they have to go while I'm pooping, oh and I can speed things up. But anyways, I'm sorry for bringing that up. It's called the leisure dump. Look it up. Did we also get to the bottom? Bottom of the one reviewer who, or maybe it was someone who texted in or someone who commented saying they love us all, even art. <laughs> that was the response to uh, Kirsten's pregnancy announcement. Uh, what does that wait, even mean? <laughs> did you not, like, personally oh my God, know that guy? Oh my God. No. Oh. I believe the quote from the listener was, I love all you guys. Dot, dot, dot. Even art. I mean. I just feel like I need to have a little chat with this person. No, <laughs> While Kirsten is finding that on her phone, uh, who are you and um, what do we know about you? Oh, yes. My name is Art Aronson. I'm a <laughs> master's student. I also work here. Yes. All right. We're leading with the master's student. <laughs> yes. It's it's going to be on my, um, what's it called in the email? Business card? Signature. Signature. Yes. yes it's yes. coming up. Master's student. I don't have mine in my thing. You have show off. Are you a master's student? No, but I also didn't skip a thing to become a master's. Well, as this is happening, I will then tell you about what's coming in December on Disney Plus, and that is Soul. We had a, uh, I believe we had a new trailer for this as well. It'll be streaming on to Disney Plus on December 25th, um, otherwise known as the day before Boxing Day on Disney Plus. Oh, whoa. What? Christmas Day? <clears throat> yeah. Christmas time day? Christmas damn day. Christmas. Wow. Which, you know, nice. historically has been a... Uh, Pretty normal movie drop day. That is true, especially for like non-Christian <laughs> people or non-Christmas celebrating people. Exactly. They want to just go and see a movie when no one's out on the roads. Exactly. Yeah. The whole theater to themselves. It's like, you know, Christmas time for the Jews. Remember that Chris, that Saturday Night Live sketch mm. or song? That's Yeah, they talk about going to see a movie when no one's in the theater. It's great. And then I was served a trailer for a movie called Jiu-Jitsu, which... I, then I realized it had Nicolas Cage in it, and it was very... Who does he owe money? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Everybody. Yeah. So it was like this alien or interdimensional, I don't even remember, this was like six days ago, this sort of like predator kind of faceless martial arts warrior who will come down and do bad things unless, you know, <laughs> Nicolas Cage's student defeats him. So you basically, weird. basically think Predator meets Mortal Kombat. Yeah, thank you. Wait, is this the same movie where he like is on the boat and the tiger gets loose? <laughs> no, no, that's that's that was years ago. <laughs> dude. No, that's a new movie that's coming out. Wait, The Life of Pi? No, <laughs> The Life of Pi with Nicolas like, Cage. It's a snake or something. A bunch of animals get loose. That's I'm telling you, on a plane. No. <laughs> Okay, I'll look it up. Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> Nicholas Cage tackles 
a 400-pound Jaguar on a boat in the Primal trailer. So we've got another right. ridiculous movie coming out that's it's so silly to even think about. I think he's just fully embraced it, though. He's, he's fully embraced the... Oh, yeah, uh, he's a meme unto himself. The, yeah. the B-moviness. Though this is weird in that, like... It's it kind of embraces it like like this could even just be like a bunch of stunt guys kind of getting together and like, hey, let's make a movie with cool flips and and stuff and let's go fight something. And we need a star to sell this because otherwise it's not like nobody's going to pay any attention to it because it's just us. And they're like, let's get Nicolas Cage. That'll get some uh, name recognition to it. (laughs) I love his stinger, too, at the end of the uh, at the end of the trailer is that. I can fly too. Right, right, a ridiculous line. And it doesn't look like he's flying. It looks like he got a stunt man to do that flip. <laughs> I'm just flipping through the trailer again, and I somehow missed this. It's just some of the keys, the keying titles is from Dimitri Logo- Logothetis, and, yeah, director of Kickboxer Retaliation. Why is that supposed to draw me in? <laughs> what is Kickboxer Retaliation? Oh, that's my like... favorite one in the Kickboxer series. <laughs> that's the one that brought John Claude Van Damme back to the Kickboxer. Uh, Are you kidding movies. me? Is that true, yeah. Ryan? Yeah, that's true. Because John Claude Van Damme did did. Uh, I think he did like two Kickboxer movies. Yeah. Uh, this was like post Bloodsport, so like this is like when he was kind of in his prime. So he did like the kickboxer movies and then there was just a bunch of other like no name martial arts actors that ended up doing a bunch of other kickboxer movies and then i don't know this this kickboxer retaliation came out like maybe three somewhere like between three to five years ago during kind of van damme's Van Damasons, or whatever you call it. <laughs> he had those uh, too. Oh, he totally did. Yeah, and did like, that, didn't he do that Super Bowl commercial where he did the splits on a, on some trucks? Was that part of yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's that. Then he he was the villain in the first Expendables, or was it the first or the second Expendables? Um, and then the uh, what else did he do? He did another, th- or he did JCVD, which was like the show about basically about him and. Uh, but it's like an action, like a fictional action movie, but he plays himself kind of thing. Hmm. They can bring back anybody if they can bring back John Claude Van Damme. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, but about Nick Cage again, you know how the question we had, Nick Cage or Keanu Reeves, whose career you'd rather have? I ask that to just about everybody now. Oh, is this like a standard art question now? It is now? a standard art okay. question now, yeah. Sweet. Uh, and it is 50-50, guys. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. Put it out on your Twitter. Put it out to the people as yeah. a poll. Do yeah. a poll. I'll reply do sports. Okay. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> um, on to movies that will hopefully be better than jujitsu, which, by the way, is theaters and on demand November 20th. Monster Hunter, again, the uh, game based on the, mo- the movie based on the game with uh, Mila Jovovich, and that will be in theaters, they say, December 30th, 2020. Uh, New trailer for that, or trailer for that. We only read a teaser beforehand. Don't believe it shan't be in the theater. That's outrageous. Yeah, it is outrageous. Uh, for, you know, Tenet to not be able to pull in decent money for Wonder Woman, for like all these established universes for the James Bond right for them to be like oh no okay maybe next year we'll get a vaccine first okay <laughs> to, that, what with like. that level of confidence there's no way they're going 
But Monster Hunter, you'll all risk a deadly virus for Monster Hunter, right? Yeah. Come on, remember the video game? No, nobody does. <laughs> Look, come on, Mila Jovovich, you love her, right? No, we're tired of her from the Resident Evil. Come on, come and watch it. You guys did read the article that said that James Bond, like that decision has effectively killed cinema for at least a year. What did you guys read that one? No. It, yeah, I think it might have been the New York Times, but just like mm. how the James Bond decision has killed Sure, yeah, because who's well, going to follow? Are pissed. Who's going to rebel yeah, exactly. against that? Those steps, right? So, so like, yeah, I. But I was confused with that article because it was like it said cinema, but it meant I think cinemas, cinemas, like actual movie theaters who were counting on at yeah, least that's, one that's blockbuster movie. It's, just, it's a UK yeah. trailer, so that's they call them cinemas, right? Yeah, theaters like in, like not even independent theaters, but like I'm sure that every time Barbara Broccoli goes. Hey, I don't know. It's scary. And pushes James Bond back another six months. <laughs> it's like, you know, the Cineplex owners must be asking <laughs> themselves. I thought you made up a name, but you didn't. <laughs> Wait, no, you didn't? No, I... Barbara Broccoli is the daughter of, what's his name? Like, Oh, our, are you kidding? Our, That's real? Our, our Broccoli? Broccoli. Yeah. Our Broccoli, the guy that Albert. wrote all the, the James Bond books. Oh, my God. Oh. I, I thought you were, j- I do not know my history. Wow. <laughs> I knew that exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well done. Well, She's I did like... too. It just took me a second because Barbara Broccoli is ridiculous. <laughs> That's just yeah. made up. That's, that's, that's the character that you make up for when you want your kids to eat vegetables. Broccoli's <laughs> <laughs> coming. Oh Can God. you imagine your dad is the guy that wrote all the James Bond books? And okay, wait, never mind. Because I was just thinking, like, there's bad guys. Like, what's the. <laughs> Pussy galore is Pussy galore. Oh my god. And the and Jaws and like gold member. And then I was like, yeah, no, Barbara Broccoli sounds actually really standard for what he would name his dog. Gold member is the joke one. Just so <laughs> <laughs> and gold member. Finger, right? Sorry. Gold finger. Yeah. Wait, which one's a lot of vagina? Yeah, that's a joke one too. Yeah, how right, do you right, tell right, the right. difference between the, a lot of vagina and pussy galore, which is the real one? That's why those Austin Powers movies are so funny. That's why they're really well good. Also, I just want to point out really quickly Barbara here Broccoli. that Brian and I had radically different takes on the character that comes to your house and gets your children to eat broccoli, Barbara Broccoli, because <laughs> Brian went, Here comes Barbara Broccoli, like all. And I was like, Here comes Barbara Broccoli, and if you don't eat your goddamn broccoli, she's going to hit you with a stick and put you in a sack and throw Oh, oh my god, <laughs> don't ever procreate. No Your family is definitely European. That's like a very European take. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I went Santa Claus and you went Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, another new trailer for a thing coming soon is His Dark Materials Season 2. Oh my goodness, looks great. I uh, don't honestly know if I could sit through watching the first series to catch up with it, but uh, HBO Max will have the second series a uh, season uh, starting November 16th. But get through it. Oh no, I got through it. I'm just saying I'm not sure I could, I could oh, rewatch do it, it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not down down to rewatch it again. But it got good. I oh, think. definitely, definitely. Just but like the it book. slogged at points. Yeah, because I hate to sell this to you two, especially person <laughs> and bud who love those books. But the book slogs. Sure. Sure. Okay. But this time around, I'm reading it to my kids, so I'm rediscovering a lot of stuff, and she's so into it. Mm. Um, Oh, my God. We're in the land of the dead right now. It's very depressing. And I read it to her, like, for, like, 
bedtime story too. It's just that like whole book is well, I'm not sure. Yeah, it really is, and it's not going to get much better. But uh, <laughs> I, I do have to tell her things like, "Oh no, they'll they'll reunite a little bit later." And yeah, because uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> and finally, a weird thing that came across our cue sheet this week that I am super jazzed about is Kingdom. This is a Netflix yeah. show that came out oh January twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. Um, so. Whoopsie, I don't know why it just sort of hit us now, but I am very um, interested in this because it is a zombie series. Oh. But <laughs> look at this art. look at this setting, Art. Can you see my oh, my monitor stop? Looks like a sudden sudden like feudal Japan. So like there are no SUVs to drive away in. There are no <laughs> pump action shotguns, you know. This stuff is happening in a in a pretty medieval time. And it's gonna be very interesting, I think, to see how they deal with this. And I am yeah, I'm I was hoping to have watched some of this for this pod, but next week. So it is out. So you can watch this it. this is out now? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. January twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. Yeah, there's a number of seasons like two or three seasons on Netflix when I checked. Because I thought there was a show on Netflix called Kingdom. There is a different one. Okay, that's, but that's somehow the, this is the one that came across our cue sheet. So that's what I'm talking about. They should call it King Zom because of zombies. But yeah. you know what? Yeah, no, they shouldn't. The zombie formula. It's interesting. They got to go this disparate from anything we've seen before in terms of setting, because it really is like the setting <laughs> kind of makes or differentiates certainly your zombie movie, and it's. Pretty limited. I mean, like, once you do the class, like, your monster is like farmhouse, mall, and then George Romero had to do, like, skyscraper for Land of the Dead. Do you remember that one? Yeah, and that was was also done in um, 28 Days Later. I think they made their way up a a high rise. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Stole that from uh, Gremlins 2, by the way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So, and and then, like, Walking Dead has has, like, really farted out every single other place you can think of like what's uh, prison uh, tiger man farmhouse yeah back large to the farmhouse yeah yeah feel and don't forget the the large question per zombie franchise walk or run mm-hmm. yeah i'm like three quarters of the way through this trailer and i still don't know if the zombies walk or run here's what you won't learn from the trailer they sleep during the day oh why do zombies need to sleep i don't know that's like i am legend Explain zombies right. to begin with, and we'll go from there. You know, that's kind of neat. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is really neat. For I mean, those are the we're kind of rattling off the big zombie <laughs> properties, but there are a trillion of them. There's um, so many like low budget and you know uh, foreign zombie films that out and exist in the world. Um, you know, including the one that my friends got their band name from, Fake Shark, Real Zombie, where it's a zombie movie where a shark bites a zombie. Right. It was like an Italian horror movie that we were watching one time. That's where they got their band name. But, Wait, the shark bit the zombie. Yeah. And then what happened? I can't remember. I think the zombie bit it back. But anyways, uh, <laughs> the, no, but no, then Sharknado happened. <laughs> oh, so you have to kind of do like, and I, I appreciate that. If you're going to switch up the zombie lore a little bit, everyone's got just so much reverence for like the rules that Romero has written and the, the God forbid we ever stray from that even a little bit but to you know make up a new rule like they sleep during the day okay that's a neat twist i guess i need to correct myself uh, apparently all ages look the same this is set in south korea um 
and Korean. Well, they had a Japanese hat. Yeah, yes. And the, the, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Did I already mention that I'm half Chinese? Yeah. Okay. So I am white. So it's okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. It's I'm going to blast okay. through a couple of interesting things that are like in development, coming sooner or later. We don't really know. For some reason, there's going to be a TV series for I Know What You Did Last Summer. They're also going to make a TV series for Fried Green Tomatoes. No. They're also going to make a TV series for A League of Their Own. There's no De- crying in baseball. Dexter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Dexter, which ran from 2006 to 2013, is coming back for a 10-episode limited series, probably maybe in 2021. Oh, God. see, now thank I... God. Thank God for yes, that? Yes, What do you think? You, because like, the, to save the final season? Yeah, you know, the finale was garbage, right? It was so bad. That last season was so bad that no one wanted it. And it was, it was, you had Lumberjack Dexter, and it made no <laughs> sense. And um, everybody's just like universally, I think, one of the worst episodes, final episodes of a TV show ever. I think, I'm pretty sure there's like a list somewhere oh, yeah. that's like number one or two. Wow. Are they going to ignore this, though? Ignore, no, like- no, from what I understand, it, um, uh, no. Well, they haven't. They haven't answered yet. They asked the show, so they have like the original showrunner coming back, and they haven't said if they are going to just like completely uh, ignore the last season. Like there was another television show. What was it? Roseanne. Right. Roseanne they, did. Yeah. Yeah. So like we don't know if they're going to do a Roseanne or if they're going to start with Lumberjack Dexter. Dang, I um, what they're going to do? It must have been in a different article that I read about this, but I'm pretty sure I read that they're going to ex- basically explain. It, not explain it away, but but dovetail through it. I, I think I might have read the same article that you read, Bud, because I I, I I seem to vaguely remember a quote from the showrunner, like back in 2013 when they ended this thing, that there was going to be a revival at some point, or they were going mm. to to bring it back at some point. Do you guys watch um, Dexter? You guys all watch it? No. I you know I, I I saw a couple episodes, but I never fully got into it. Like mm. I, this was like back in. 2006 or 2007 when I saw I saw like a couple episodes and the acting struck me like aside from the guy who plays Dexter every single actor on that show was like no, I don't even like to say it was a high school play would be insulting the high school Ooh, plays. Like, dang, acting wow. was so bad. I it, thought. it just seems like a you know another serial net. Netflix or not uh, network TV show. Yeah. Right? It wasn't even yeah. a network. It was on Showtime, wasn't it? Really? Cable. But it still felt pretty low budget at times. Uh, okay. Something? The quote right, that I heard yeah, from. Showtime. Showtime. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, the quote from the, uh, the show creators or whoever <laughs> that I saw was that, like, oh, this gives us another opportunity to go back really and, like, fix and do a do over of the finale. And that's just something that I think. You know, if you nail it the first time, yeah, exactly. You don't got to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever you have, like, like as an example, Roseanne, I thought that was a good way, like a powerful way to end the series, right? Like Dan dies and Roseanne's been writing a book in the basement for the last season. That was neat. You know, Seinfeld's, everyone hates that ending. I thought it was good, but the Curb Your Enthusiasm oh, reunion. so good. That was great. And it was a way to undo the finale. They even made a joke out of it, right? Yeah. But like when you nail it the first time, MASH or like other good shows 30 Rock all these other things you know you don't need to do it over again so yeah this one they definitely like do and I'm happy because like as much bitching and complaining as we did last year about the Game of Thrones ending like 
at least they can come back and do that. And here's the other thing is like uh, TV series are not green lighting new things right now because they're all like clutching onto their little like change purses being like, no, we want something marketable and we know Dexter works and it worked right. for, you know, nine seasons. And yeah, it was why don't we go back and fix this? Like they don't want to be green lighting new things right now. So it makes sense to go back. Why not go back and fix Dexter? Clive. Oh, my God, though. Speaking of greenlighting new things, I saw a commercial for a new comedy show, and they were saying, like, from the people who brought you Big Bang Theory and <laughs> and, and, and and Two and a Half Men, like, that was a good thing. <laughs> and there's, like, this Got new more. comedy yeah. show where this guy needs a liver transplant, so he gets hooked up oh, with some... Oh, sounds very comedic. ...some girl, and then they, they're like, they're opposites attract, and then they, I guess, fall in love. Oh, my God, it looked like the worst network comedy trash I could even... <laughs> imagine in the late furthest deep depths of hell i hope it was called i liver uh-huh. <laughs> no it's like a hipster looking white dude and then a blonde chick and she's wacky wacky it's called oh, be positive yeah honestly yeah that should have been a contender what's i liver the There's like some... it's like i love her but it's i liver <laughs> okay, back to Dexter. Sorry, Clyde Phillips, on. who's the showrunner, says, quote, We basically do get to start from scratch. We want this not to be Dexter season nine. Ten years or however many years have passed by since the time this will air, and the show will reflect that time passage. So far as the ending of the show, this will have no resemblance to how the original finale was. It's a great opportunity to write a second finale. This is an opportunity to make that right. But that's not why we're doing it. We're not undoing anything. Mm. We're not going to betray the audience and say, whoops, that was all a dream. What happened in the first eight years happened in the first eight years. Mm -hmm. From that quote, I don't understand what's happening, but uh, no, there you go. No, it doesn't make much no. sense. Anyway, and, I'm excited. Yep. And so I'll probably try and get around to watching the first. By, by, by the way, the worst comedy network comedy show, I think, Two Broke Girls. Oh, yeah. There's awful. a show called Two Broke Girls. It is. Oh, it is yeah. awful. I was trying to watch it the other day just because it was on TV. I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> this show's been on forever, too. It's been on for like, I don't know, 10 years or something. like who watches this? How did it last for, oh my goodness, two broke girls. And the last thing that is coming sooner or later is Outlier Society, which is Michael B. Jordan's Warner Company, is going to produce a DC movie called Static Shock about uh -oh. the DC hero Static. Brian, hashtag Encyclopedia Britannica, anything you want to tell us about Static? Uh, no. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> he... Uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan, was he rumored to be part of the next Black Panther thing? I know his character died. But no, I, I think I, that was one of those we got this covered. Yeah, we okay. got this. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of Black Panther, I shouldn't go into it like that. This is terrible and tragic, but uh, Chadwick <laughs> Boseman apparently died without a will, uh, and his uh, widow has filed a probate case to oversee the estate. This comes from Consequence of Sound, who had... Um, a badly written first paragraph. It, yeah. it starts, Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman left behind new legal will. It should be no legal will upon his death. <laughs> However, by marrying his wife... No, you don't marry your wife. You marry your fiancé or your girlfriend. You don't marry... <laughs> Anyways, yeah. They got... Uh, just like his cancer, they got married uh, in secret. And this was honestly... Wait, the, wait. The article says, just like his cancer, they got married in secret? No, no, that, 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 that part was me. Oh, okay. Just like no, no, Bud said that one. <laughs> no, 
just like Chadwick Boseman's cancer was a secret, him getting married to his longtime girlfriend, uh, Taylor Simone Lurd, uh, Ledward, was uh, also done in secret. And the hope and was... she became his wife. <laughs> That's cancer. what they should say. Precisely. And the hopes was that she would have the legal right to his assets, but no will. So that's going to be um, complicated, and I'm sorry, and that sucks. Get a will, everybody. Get a will. And thank you. That is exactly what you said in the chat. Get a will. So he you, was able to get got, married, but he wasn't able to do a will. Yeah, it's a whole different thing. The, the marry, you go to London Drugs, and you just pay $20, and then you're married. But like uh, for a will, you have to sit down. <laughs> that's how it works. So. You, gotta, like, uh, you do weirdly have to go to London Drugs. Like, I that's know. Like, it's really I know. Weird. You do have to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right after you put your arm in that blood pressure yeah, thing. Yeah. You, <laughs> Right. You take a picture of yourself on all the like display phones and oh computers. Flip through the records they have for some reason, oh and then God, get love London drugs. I right? tell you. fantastic. But it's yeah, you but you got to get a will. You have got. It's like everyone, and especially anyone with kids, certainly like. It becomes such an important thing. It will destroy families if you don't have a yeah. incredibly specific will. Please, geek out, listener, have a will. Yeah, like, like even for me, like I don't have any kids or dependents or anything like that. But there's a possibility that people could fight over my shit. And uh, do you know what I mean? Like even as like a childless curmudgeon. But uh, whew, I got some assets to fight over, and yeah, people are gonna fight swords. over it. Yeah, I know. So I'm gonna leave my source to somebody. I mean, my vast fortune. You know, like it's just like. You gotta figure it out. You can really mess up families and have fighting. You don't want that. We have corrections for the first time, possibly more than one correction in like a podcast, but Sony officially has, has responded to the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield season three casting rumors. Quote Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man, thank you. What did I say? Season 3. Wow, Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Quote, those rumor castings are not confirmed. Good. Yeah, but that's oh. that's not a oh, correction. Well, you, have to, you just want the meme to come to life and have three Spider-Mans <laughs> pointing at each other. Yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. Do it on SNL and then call it a day. Well, don't ruin a movie by shoving in these old guys. By the way, Tobey Maguire does not look like the oh, no. year 2000 Tobey oh, Maguire no. anymore. I saw him recently in something and I was it was uh, very this it, it obviously could be very terrible, but but it could be very good too, I think. And here's the thing: oh, it could Twilight Zone, that's very well still be happening, and they're just putting out oh, the yeah. official position, which I kind of suspect is what's happening with Tatiana Man- Maz- Maz- Maslany, mm-hmm. uh, who says she's not She-Hulk. Wait, what? In the Disney She-Hulk thing, I thought this was like a whole article that was like she is She-Hulk. Yeah, we and- had this covered. <laughs> <laughs> but again. Probably this is her having to tow the uh, party line. Guys, guys, where there's smoke, there's too. fire. We right. all know that. You know what? Thank you, Art. But yes, she's saying it was probably a press release that's gotten out of hand. But yeah, it's not actually a thing, oh. unfortunately, were her exact words. So What was funny, though, is that uh, Mark Ruffalo, like the tweeted the whole hey welcome to the hulk family oh good old but Mark that kind of shows though like because he's like the the notorious spoiler for marvel is that they don't tell him anything no no classic <laughs> ruffalo i know so it's incredible I freaking he love finds the out ruffalo. all of his uh all of his geek news from we got discovered <laughs> <laughs> he knows his call times from reading right <laughs> the thing about this the spider-man thing though it's it, it's what's funny about it um is that because like there are 
clickbait sites that try to, you know, be the first to report this this stuff. Maybe it is true or maybe they they do have some form of a role in this um movie. Even if something's not necessarily true or not necessarily confirmed, a movie studio has never gone out and like been like, "Well, oh, that's oh, that's not true" kind of thing. They'll just like let it let it roll or whatever and then come out with the official story later on. Yeah. I think maybe what's happened here is that this rumor leak or whatever has become a pretty major spoiler. So they actually have to come out and make a statement? Well, because what I'm thinking, some of these articles actually have had talked about the fact that, well, they're probably going to be showing up in the third act. Like, this is going to be a third act thing where they uh, they all fight their former villains or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this has become like a huge spoiler for the script. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it's not like they came out and said... Nope, absolutely not. That's not true. They just—they literally just said they're not confirmed. confirmed. Yeah. God, I hope you're right, Brian. That sounds amazing. But also, what is going? What Sony control your leaks? Like, they've got—they've had some massive leaks come out of Sony. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's not a well-run company by the sounds of it. But I just to address this three Spider-Man thing. I, <laughs> Stop like, it. I just—is <laughs> this the? Look at we had now this is our third kick at the Spider-Man cinematic can. We have really enjoyed these last two movies. They're on kind of a roll here, plus the other, you know, tie-ins and other movies. We love Tom Holland. We love this iteration of Spider-Man. Okay. Th- now this is your last chance almost, it feels like, to get a good third movie into this franchise. You're doing it well. Are, when you shoehorn in these other two actors these other spider-men when you do that is it because it's the best narrative choice or because it's again it's a meme it's a gimmick it's a meta little wink at hey isn't it funny that we stupidly rebooted this beloved character three times in the last 20 years Frankly, I would love not to have known about it, and as Art says, have it show up in the third act and be yeah. a like a, a whoa kind of moment. That would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the way Brian said it, if that is exactly what they had planned, Brian, I think you're the head of Sony now. Yeah, I hate that's it. the that's it. the shitty world we live in, though. It's like I don't think we can ever. Because remember when we used to be able to, like, we used to get surprised by things that would happen in trailers. Or even even not even that. Even, like, we would be surprised of things that would actually happen in movies. Yeah, and nothing's that, a secret anymore. No, that can't ever happen anymore. Like, people are so... Um, Impatient and like I'm the same way. Like we get so impatient with how we want to consume, uh, you know, these properties that we love so much, um, that you know we 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 dig around for these things, and that's where sites like we got this covered come from because they just they end up you know benefiting off clicks of impatient people like me. We're greedy for information. Uh, the last time I think I was in a movie, I was really surprised. A, a Marvel movie was when. Ant Man went giant man. I did not see that coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was definitely one of them. Like, imagine if you were sitting in Thor Ragnarok and you and you did not know that the Incredible Hulk was. Yeah, in this. I didn't. Yeah. That was great. You hadn't seen the trailer? <laughs> no. Oh, that's so funny. No, that was so great. I don't know why. Like, I was late on a couple uh, fairly key Marvel movies, like Endgame. 
God, you do it right, bud. <laughs> but you know, Sometimes. my my very very dear friend who like loves Marvel so much does that too. He won't watch the trailers because like, guess what? He's gonna watch them, and I make fun of him. I'm like, come on, dude, just watch the freaking trailer, dude. But it's true. It's like he goes in totally fresh. He knows it's coming out. He knows he's gonna see it. He doesn't need to be teased yeah. with this three minute, you know, r- spoiler. Yeah, and I respect that. But those trailers are works of art in themselves. That's why I like they them. They can be, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, but then you, like, like I was kind of hassling you earlier this week. You know, you get <laughs> mad about them, though, right? You, like, you'll you be like, oh, well, Captain America and, and Iron Man shook hands, and I wanted to save that for the movie. Well, you technically could have if you just didn't watch the trailer. But that's all you know? part of the discourse that is these huge movies coming out. So, And you know what? We're spinning our wheels on Marvel here anyways because Marvel does a great job of not putting... You know, the last three quarters of anything in the movie into the trailer, right? Like, we mostly walked in blind to Endgame, so... Yeah, can't be too hard on them. But that's this is this is Marvel, and this is so this kind of goes back to your question, right? Like this is sort of Marvel's way of doing things versus Sony's way of doing things. Now, if I were Sony, and I would have released that Morbius trailer, I wouldn't have put that stinger in the Morbius trailer with uh, Michael Keaton in it. You know, I wouldn't have revealed that he's 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 part of this. But Sony feels like they need to do this to sell, you know, their movie. Uh, whereas Marvel's built up all this good faith. Now, to answer your question about whether um, this whole move of like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield possibly coming into Spider-Man Three is like a narrative choice, or you know, like my my thinking of it is, it's more of a business decision than anything on Sony's part, and that's kind of maybe what was happening during the whole oh god are we going to lose Tom Holland as our Spider-Man in the MCU is he going to get yanked out of the MCU mm, Sure. Um, that's sort of Sony's posturing to kind of make this deal in that like okay well in the next one we want to introduce a Spider-Verse and we want to have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man in this to sort of legitimize our previous uh, uh, franchises yeah, right? right and then maybe now the streams will go up on those movies because oh, they're now in one of the new properties or maybe somebody will go and buy a DVD player just so they could buy the DVD <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's more business decision than a narrative decision, but we'll see. And like, that's well, like my, my hope is that at least maybe somebody like the MCU people like Kevin Feige or who's the director of the uh, Spider-Man, uh, We've been doing a really good job at it. Like maybe they'll do a good job at tempering it and at least making it like make narrative sense of in in some way. So one last little bit of Marvel adjacent news is this hilarious. I got many of the jokes. Football fantasy trash talk video from one of the Russo brothers, Joe <laughs> Russo. This was very entertaining to me, a guy who knows nothing, nothing about sports. So do you guys know anything about fantasy football at all? This is pretend yes. football, right? This is football that doesn't actually happen? No, 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 no. It does no, happen. No, it, it actually happens. Oh. But like you're basically you're playing by the points and stuff, and you're, you're choosing your team um, out of you know certain players. Yes. Um, oh, wait, so they... They don't have to be on the same team in real life. You're you're making up a team like yeah. cherry pick this person from this team and this person. Exactly, that's and fantasy it's, football, and huh? it's based on real <laughs> statistics, right? Oh, things that they have yes. truly done in the real they are, game. that are happening in the real games. Yeah, okay. and it's all set up. It's just set up to be a big 
trash talk is right. what it's really set up to be in a, a competition <laughs> without actually, you know, being on the grid island, getting your head knocked off. Okay. You know, you're part of it this way. And that's it's I think it's good and great for fans because you find it, it's it's the reason why the NFL is so popular. Really? Yeah, I think so, because it's. Isn't gambling. there fantasy baseball and fantasy hockey? Yeah, but fantasy football is the best. Yeah. Okay, it's, I'll it's, admit I've, that's the only yeah. one I've ever heard of. It's why these people, these you know, actors who know nothing about football are part of it, ah. and it's all set up to trash talk. So the fact that the Marvel universe has their own fantasy football team—it's pretty cool, pretty it funny. Is. It's pretty cool, and Chris Evans is like a big football guy. He's a big New England Patriots fan. Oh, okay. Uh, so the fact that he got chirped for having his own his own OnlyFans page. <laughs> that was a great clip. We will have this video in the show notes. You, it's it's a must watch, I would say. It, it was just it's well produced. Very well produced. Well yeah. produced there, Joe. That was the best Russo. produced one though, because like everybody every MCU star has been doing that. Every, everyone that's like participating in this fantasy football league, they've been doing this, but then some of them are just like horrible Instagram story quality um, videos. Now this was do. a Ju- Joe Russo level. Yeah. yeah this one <laughs> nailed it. It, it did and, really well. And he has to, he's the director of the biggest earning <laughs> franchise movie of all time. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, Matthew Barry, who had a cameo in Endgame. You guys don't know who Matthew Barry is, but he's like the lead ESPN expert on fantasy football. He always tweets about Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe, because he loves it, obviously, and he was in that movie. And oh! He tweeted out this video because it was so good to all the fantasy football fans. So that's where I saw it, actually, before Brian put it on the uh, the Slack channel. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Don't we run a fantasy football pool in the building here? <laughs> we, do, we do run a, a different version of it. We run a football pool, which is just based on real teams. This is based on players. It's more fantasy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Football pool and fantasy football pool are different. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. I, no, okay you're sorry. doing really well here. <laughs> I'm trying. Sports. Yeah. Sports! Um, When's your hat coming? And the last thing of, uh, of, of Geek News proper is, what the hell, Kevin James? This, this five minute and 22 second narrated like Sir David Attenborough by Sir Adam Sandler video of the silver-breasted Montel, which is Kevin James in like a furry suit cavorting about in the forest with multiple versions of himself what? and being attacked by hawks. It's it's a tiny nature documentary, except the subject, the animal, is Kevin James in an outfit. This sounds like everything I don't want to watch. It's yeah. the weirdest thing. So definitely go to the show notes and don't watch it. Um, it's so Kevin, weird. Kevin James, uh, Adam Sandler, fake news. Not Nature Chris Farley. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Once again, fair. I'm devastated. This isn't Chris Farley, and it would have been funnier. What is for? <laughs> Apparently, Kevin James has been doing crazy good content. Or crazy oh yeah, if you follow content. him on social media, like his his Instagram account is actually pretty funny because he does this like series called The Sound Guy. Where he like puts himself in the scenes of like famous movies, like he's done like oh. No Country for Old Men and stuff, and that he's just fun. the sound guy in in this. And uh, I kind of liken it to you know how really good Will Smith is on uh, social media. Oh sure, right. yeah, they just well produced videos. It. All right, well, I'll give Kevin James some time. Oh, I can only imagine how bad this costume smelled at the end of the show. Oh, day. my God, you got to be. Yeah, and you haven't even seen it at the very end. Yeah. You don't Spoiler even know if his armpits alert. are shaved. Okay, I'm calling it here. Speed round. 
The Boy Showrunner says Marvel movies are to blame for Trump's election. Wow, 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 This is interesting. This, I think this is an interesting take. You're going to post it. We can't get too into it, I guess, nope. speed around, right? But yep. this is an interesting take. And I'll tell you what, at this point, I look at any sane so... person should be so flabbergasted by the election of Trump four years ago that any explanation, <laughs> I'll take it. And yes. I'll, I'll sure. blame it on... Marvel Universe. Oh it's well, it's just it like it, uh, okay. We can't really speed round. Well, this is kind of a conversation in okay, itself. Fine. <sighs> it's it's like because he even says he's a fan of Marvel movies. This is Eric Kripke, the showrunner. For, yeah. For so he he says the like the problem is not necessarily the Marvel movies themselves, but it's the fact that there's so many of them that people are expecting like are, are living in a world where they're expecting some hero to save us from all this and it, that's that but that's seriously the explanation of this whole thing is that yeah. people were just waiting for a hero and then people for some reason thought donald trump was the hero that they've been waiting for i that's pretty that's kind of a stretch it's for a me. bit of a stretch way to but discredit People kind. Seriously. That's <laughs> what you're Again, like, one. I'm looking for explanations here. And if you go into the rabbit, horrible, horrible rabbit hole of people who do consider Trump to be that savior, okay? <laughs> Whether it's the QAnon conspiracy, right? That he's there to route. He's the only one in the world who can save mm-hmm. the children from the pedophiles of the Democratic Party, right? <laughs> That's the whole QAnon conspiracy. Whether it's. Um, there is like so much art out there of Donald Trump as a superhero, right? Like as this big jack ripped dude flying through the air, you know, with his sidekick Jesus saving the world from the deep state, whatever. Like that's what I'm saying. There are really people who have not just like bought into it, but just their entire worldview is so, so twisted around that – if this guy thinks that Marvel movies, look at Marvel movies are the most dominant piece of cultural force that we've seen in the last decade. And Eric Kripke believes they contribute to populism, which I had to look up to de- get the definition, a political approach that strives to appeal to ordinary people who feel that their concerns are disregarded by the elite established groups. So how like a terrible thing when you consider the real world politics of the, you know, Stan Lee and the people who created Marvel and the messages they were trying to get across and the people who make these movies and everything. They're very Mm. all everybody who makes these movies are very, you know, people inclusive, all about inclusivity. I can't even say it. Inclusivity. Inclusivity. But but I'm I'm uh, I'm just it's an interesting theory. And I'll I'll take it. Look, it's not solving any problems or anything, but it's an interesting thing just to think about and any explanation right now for why so many people – why – like I know Biden's going to double-digit lead in the national polls. It should be triple digits. This is, okay? How can anyone reasonably think that this person – is would make we're, for a good world we're, leader. We're going to blame right? the the pitfalls of American politics 
on Marvel superheroes. No, not like, solely. Like, think of the crap that's happening behind the scenes. Oh, certain. Look at. I'm just saying, like, I've, for years, placed the blame solely on the divisive media, and particularly, you know, that great uh, Cheney movie talks about, you know, um, how the rise of Fox News and the right-wing 24-hour news cycle, you know, like, that has slowly but surely eroded kind of a objective look at what is actually in the world for and it's just a you know confirmation biased all these people that the right that is as far right as you want to go is the correct way okay so that's that to me is still the biggest culprit um in this rise of populism but if you also want to say that marvel movies contributed i think it's an interesting theory i'm not blaming them i don't think it's bad Right, I'm not saying like let's shut down Marvel or else Donald Trump Jr. is going to get eight years in the White House. I'm just saying it's an interesting factor. And again, when it's such a big cultural force, you got to at least look at it in terms of that. They're going to be writing books for decades about why Donald Trump became the president yep. and for what reason and how and what contributed. So sure, how, throw it in the mix. How dare they put Captain America's picture <laughs> next to Donald Trump in this, <laughs> in this article? I just about threw off. Okay, uh, politics over. Back to speed round. Suicide Squad director confirms that the air cut exists and, quote, it's fire. Oh, God, that's the last thing we need. George Lucas would have killed off Luke Skywalker in Star Wars Episode Eight. Whoa, okay. Who cares what you think, old man? Go back to the mall food court <laughs> and have your chicken fillet sandwich. We gave you your money, yeah. Yeah, go, go. Steve Carell and Rain Wilson reunite to Wait talk. Wait a minute, didn't Luke Skywalker die in Episode Eight anyways? Yeah, that's what they're saying, is that apparently the script wasn't too far off of what he was originally thinking. Killed him in a different way. Steve Carell and Rain Wilson reunite on uh, Rain Wilson's podcast to talk The Office, Pandemic, and Quarantine Beards. It's, it's a Zoom thing on Instagram, so Paul probably won't like it. Yeah, then, everybody has a podcast. Exactly. Including <laughs> us. I didn't realize there were more of these coming. I'm very hyped. The next series of Netflix's Song Exploder is Ooh. coming soon. Nine Inch Nails, Hurt, and The Killers When You Were Young will be featured. A terrible song for them to pick among others. And uh, Stardew Valley is... <laughs> yeah, really, why not? Uh, At least it wasn't the Are We Human or Are We Dancing? Uh, yeah, really, but there's better killer songs. Yeah, anyway. Jenny and was a friend of mine. Best killer song. It's <laughs> up there. Up there. And Stardew Valley's long-awaited 1.5 update will add split-screen co-op. Probably four players on PC, but probably two players on other systems. Is this like... Um, what's that one that you like? Animal like Crossing? Animal Crossing in space? No, it's Animal Crossing on a farm. Uh, Stardew <laughs> is what I played for months before Animal Crossing came out. It's in space. It's, it's in not space. in space. It has nothing to do with space. Get the space out of your head. Star? Well, are you going to be in Animal Crossing for Halloween? Oh! Oh, oh, my oh my god! Oh, sorry for ruining Yes! Oh my god! He's so red. It's like he had one sip of drink. <laughs> Dang! <laughs> Did I mention I'm, I'm half Chinese? Oh my god. <laughs> well, I'll still act surprised. Sure, thank you. You'll act surprised and be like, what are you? <laughs> yeah, right. I'll like, come in. He won't know anyway. I'm from Oh, yeah, I remember now. <laughs> sure, I remember. Oh my god. Okay, reviews and recommendations. Let's start with our 91 second movie review from Brian uh, with the, the trial of the Chicago 7. And now, a zone at 913, 91 second movie review. 5, 4, 3, 2, and action! 
It's not the easiest of tasks to do a review of a two-hour historical courtroom drama in about 91 seconds. Well, 80-ish seconds now that I told you this, but here goes. For years, I have trusted Aaron Sorkin to write screenplays of content that is far more intelligent than I, yet incredibly entertaining and captivating. Now, this film follows the Chicago 7, which is a group of anti-Vietnam War protesters charged with conspiracy and the intention of inciting riots in the 1968 Democratic National Convention. Just like the opening five minutes of Sorkin's HBO series The Newsroom, the prologue of this story perfectly captures the ride the viewer is about to embark on. And yes, it's certainly weird to refer to a courtroom drama as a ride, but like Sorkin's other projects, the film contains a perfect mixture of drama and levity to keep the viewer engaged in the moments he's been able to pluck from several months of testimony. The casting of this movie is second to none and will no doubt help fill out the Best Supporting Actor category during the coming awards season. Now, it's impossible to break down every incredible performance in this film within 91 seconds because almost every actor is given a chance to shine. But one thing I can point out is how often Sasha Baron Cohen is underestimated in both his intelligence and his ability to carry a role. His incredible portrayal of activist Abby Hoffman certainly shouldn't be seen as a surprise to any, but my prediction is that it will be. While this film is not perfect, Sorkin's gift for drawing out emotion through his talent of writing captivating dialogue has revived the notion that courtroom dramas can still be a riveting and entertaining watch. Cut! That's a wrap! I love these, I do, I love them every week, and this one I actually listen to, and, um... <laughs> gripping a roller coaster courtroom drama uh, sounds... Very wow, but uh, I'm uh, I'm glad for your review, Brian. Thank you for that. Cast looks great. Happy to see Sasha Baron Cohen doing a serious thing. Totally, because he can do it, right? Oh, like, mm -hmm. how is he, Brian? I've only seen the trailer and heard your review, but Brian's he's been good. trying to speak for thirty seconds. By the way, <laughs> that's okay. Oh, I was also wondering what happened when you like you asked Bud if he's going to be in Animal Crossing, and then all of a sudden, like, quick silence, and then ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to hide my face and they just caught it in my eyes that yes, oh, of course I'm going to be an Animal Crossing for Halloween. I, I seriously, what I pictured is that like you, you took off your shirt and you shaved something into your chest that's <laughs> Animal Crossing. Oh my God, that is not a Halloween costume. So Animal I'm slightly costume. disappointed. And it would have been in my armpits, but anyways. <laughs> um, so have, has anybody else seen this? No. no. Okay, it's um yeah, it's yeah, like I I say in the the review, it's very Aaron Sorkin-y, which I is know. a good thing I think, because like yeah. Aaron Sorkin has a a way of making me feel smarter than I actually am, and like <laughs> actually like I'm understanding this, um so it's yeah, it's it's very entertaining. Sasha Baron Cohen kills it, um all of them though do like they, everybody has a really good moment in this film but it is you're right like it's it's good to see sasha baron cohen in a fairly serious role even though like the role of like a guy like abby hoffman would really work for him like if you've ever actually seen interviews with abby hoffman especially you know during the democratic national convention you know when they were all protesting out at grand park um you know sasha baron cohen does a really good job of being abby hoffman in this uh movie um, and yeah, I always find that, you know, even though like a lot of Sasha Baron Cohen's comedy, um, is smart and like very politically smart because of the fact that it's such like, like 
the, a lot of it, you know, leans on like some toilet humor and, and everything like that. Oh, and, yeah. you know, you, you end up like how you were talking about last, I don't know, it was maybe been a couple of weeks ago, Paul, where it's just like, all you really end up doing is like having you know, douchebags outside a lucky bar, like going, my wife, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it spawns that. Um, I find that Sasha Baron Cohen gets like overlooked a lot or even just completely underestimated in as far as how good of an actor he is. Um, and I think that like, that's, that's probably also a big contributor of why he didn't get to play Freddie Mercury. I know he had the, also other ideas of like what he could have done with Freddie Mercury. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it might've been one of the reasons why he was overlooked. So seeing him in this role, uh, which was like something that suits him because the guy that he's playing is almost somewhat of a comedian um and he is, he is really leaned on in this movie to be the comic relief like i just you know i think it was perfect for him so it was, it was really cool to see him in this and it was very entertaining i wonder if he's a bit of a i don't know like a control freak or something where he's always in charge do you know what i mean like Mm-hmm. And I, I get it, like, for someone who does have a, a extremely strong comedic vision as him, even if the comedic vision seems to be of boners and butts mostly, um, yeah. you know, but, but like, it's it would be tough, I think, for him to just be playing along for the most part with someone mm-hmm. else's vision. So he often is in the, like, driver's chair as well. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it'll be, we need to watch him in this thing. I'm actually not going to watch it though. It's like, it seems, <laughs> it's too much for me. Did you guys see, uh, Seth Rogen's tweet about Borat too? What? No. Uh, I saw it this morning. He said he's seen it seven times now. Says it's one of the best movies he's ever seen. Wow. We need, we need it right now. He says it has also one of the funniest scenes he's ever seen. Wow. TV. So oh, humble okay. brag pretty much. Why? I've seen it seven times. It's not even out. I'm Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> of course you'd say that. Well, come on. Like, look, look at that. The first time I saw Borat in the theater, I can't remember laughing as hard at a movie as it with that movie. I'm with you. And it wasn't any of the things he said. It was the time the bear, like, swiped at children. <laughs> oh, my God. That? <laughs> the, the bear in the ice cream truck? That was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk The Haunting of Bly Manor. Paul and Kirsten, you've seen this, right? No. Oh, who's seen it? Uh, Brian. It was me. Brian. Me sorry. sorry. Um, yeah, just really quick, because I think Brian and I pretty much uh, reviewed it last week. Um, well, we've, And you finished it since? I finished, I finished it. it. Yeah. And you? Yeah, I finished it that night, actually. Oh, like, funny. So after, because we were potting on Tuesday last week, and it was I watched two episodes, and then I was done. Yeah, so we, I finished it. Um, I, it was good. Like I, I think it was comparable to the first season. Like the acting, the production, the um, the story was good. I was a little bit disappointed that the story wasn't what I had signed up for, though. At the end, and I'm trying to say that without spoil. It's not really a spoiler. What do you think, Brian? Um, are you talking about like kind of the prologue part? Yeah. Like, basically, I'm talking about how, like, I signed up for a spooky ghost story about a haunted house. That's what I wanted mm-hmm. to watch. It's not that? Yeah. No. What not is Not really. No. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a love story. Oh. It's funny. I was trying to, like, yeah, I was trying to explain this uh, on the radio last uh, weekend without spoiling it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I love dead people, he says. Oh, I see. <laughs> Thanks, That's Art. something else. Sorry. Kind of, yeah. Oh, um, God, Carson. 
Well, because like we were talking about this last week in, in terms of like how the show itself was also not as scary as the Haunting yeah. a Hill House. Like it didn't have it like Haunting a Hill House. And I'm actually, uh, my wife and I are rewatching this right now, um, the Haunting a Hill House. Um, and it's actually fun because you get to get this good comparison of like, wow, this episode had a lot of scary moments in yeah. it. And, you know, Bly Manor is like sometimes it wouldn't really happen until the end. Or not um, at all. I feel or like not the last at all. Yeah. Two episodes like nothing spooky happens. Nothing really, really happens, and um, I find what was happening in this one, and I don't know if it's necessarily. I don't think it was necessarily on purpose, but it, I think it kind of works out timing wise for them. Like I, I found I was a lot more creeped out by the haunting of Bly Manor instead of like scared, like oh shit, this is really scary. Like it was more creepy in that a lot of it does take place in the house even though the house is not as spooky as the hill house house um <laughs> but the vibe the the creepiness that you get is the fact that they feel there's this feeling of being stuck there of being stuck in that house and to 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 mirror that with the reality we're currently living in where a lot of people in you know are are stuck in their houses um I, I was trying to explain that was sort of the creepy vibe that you can get out of this, especially if you're in quarantine or you're in lockdown right now. Oh, they lucked out then go. with your deep thoughts there. Because <laughs> they, they lucked out with that because like that's not like this show was supposed to come out and we were supposed to be in quarantine. Oh, they totally, they totally lucked out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was well acted. It was good. I would recommend watching it, but like don't expect it to be... Spooky. It's kind of spooky, but it's mostly a love story. Like, like lit, legit moment that happened when we finished watching it. Uh, Johnny and I finished watching it, and I was crying, and I was so upset, and I was like, I wanted to watch a creepy spook, not a oh. sad cry. Oh, <laughs> Kirsten. Oh, my God. Because wow. I was so upset. I didn't want to watch a Aww. sad movie. Anyway. So I, on Sunday, I did two things I didn't think I was going to do. One, carve pumpkins. Two, two, well done, grown up. Two, two, uh, watch the haunting of Hill house. Yeah. So I'm about five episodes through that right now. Spooky. (laughs) Yes. Not a sad love story. Yes. I, there is some few jump scare moments in there for sure. that got me. Um, I do very much like how it is navigating timelines. Mm. Uh, is that the same with Blythe Manor? Not really. Not really. Not as much. Okay. Yeah, there's some, like, they go back in the past a little bit, but it, it's not like with the old characters, young characters, all that. It's just, <laughs> like, maybe to set something up really quick. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, that, that's actually, upon my rewatch, I find that the characters... The character story in Hill House really dives a lot deeper, mm-hmm. you know, and then Bly Manor, you know, everybody kind of gets their own story. Like every character, you get to learn a little bit more about them, but it doesn't dive. I think that it, Hill House has the advantage of the two different timelines, like of when they were kids and when they were adults. And the casting in, in that sense is also perfect because, you know, some of these people that were casted in Hill House. Like the one I'm thinking of is McKenna Grace and she plays she also in some of those flashback scenes in Captain Marvel, she plays like the young the the little girl version of Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um she's in Hill House as um uh Theo. Right. And 
and then you know the the actress that, that plays Theo, that like the older version of Theo, they're both this like very strong willed character, and you know you get to explore that as both you know her as a little girl and her you know now. Um, whereas I, I don't think Bly Manor really has that because it also doesn't have like sort of this the two timelines. Interesting. Yeah, I've just seen a lot of uh, and the people that I, that I was sitting with watching it, they had already seen it. They're watching it again, and but they had seen Blythe Manor, and they had it was mixed reviews on it, and I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on Blythe Manor mm-hmm. as well. Polly, please take us through the first episode of the third season of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, it's fine. You know what's interesting about the uh, the Star Trek show is that it wants to be Star Wars so <laughs> so desperately, and it has. And look, J.J. Abrams talks about when he took over Star Trek in 2009. He doesn't like Star Trek. He likes Star Wars. Oh wow! So he wanted to make Star Trek like Star Wars. And that's why you got lasers and shooting and guns. And so in this uh, Star Trek Discovery, this new season, they've done a thing, which I won't ruin, I guess, for you. But, uh, well, I'll ruin it. Spoiler! I'm right here! Spoiler! Thank you. They just go, they go a thousand years into the future. Oh, wow! Okay? So that's like the ending of season two is like, to do a thing, we need to do a thing and then go a thousand years into the future. It's the only way! So they do (laughs) that. That's the only way. (laughs) Right? I know. I was like, that's the only way, really? You couldn't shoot a tacky on particle beam out of the fucking deflector fish, dude? So anyways. (laughs) Deflector fish. So, So they go a thousand years into the future and there, it's like, we don't gotta even pretend to be like Star Trek no more. Oh, we can no. just be like Star Wars. So here comes a dude wearing a leather jacket and he's got a sweet ship and he's like a like I'm they copy and pasted Han Solo Boom. turned him black. Instead of Chewbacca he's got a big cat. Oh come okay, on. Okay? And he's like not a, they don't call him a smuggler. They call him like a uh, he he gets uh, uh, illicit goods from one place to the other, but they don't say smuggler. <laughs> I swear to God, all right, and, and it's this, not a smuggler. And this got an okay from Paul. <laughs> yeah, and because you know what, I'm I'm done. I'm done pretending like Star Trek Discovery is Star Trek. Wow. Okay. All right. Star Trek Lower Decks came and did a better job as a cartoon Dang. of being a Star Trek show, and so that, I've enjoyed that so much that it put me in a good mood for Star Trek Discovery. Plus, I know Mary Harrison likes it so much so she kind of has like convinced me a little bit to just like shut up and enjoy it and so this Star Trek show had Star Wars in it and <laughs> sounds like a Star Wars property we've it, all been it had like it, they went to you know like a Clone like Wars. a naughty place you know like not a bar but they're like a, like a black market and there was shooting and uh, bad aliens and then a big monster so it was a Star Wars yeah how great for Star Trek that you stupid dummies who can't wrap your minds around morale Morality tales or, you know, optimistic utopian visions of the future. You can just do Star Wars. Just do shooting guns. Great. That's what everyone wants. So that's what it was. And I no, again, I'm criticizing it, but also fine. <laughs> and I uh, and you know what else about this first episode? None of the rest of the stupid fillery background characters are in it. It's just Michael Burnham and this new Han Solo. Oh, interesting. Michael Burnham, played by Sonequa Martin-Green, is phenomenal. I love that character. I wish she was in a better show. Oh, well, she's not. She shouldn't be Spock's sister. That's dumb. Yeah. But for this episode, I thought it was great, and I'm looking forward to more of it. I said this on Facebook as well. Star Trek Discovery has, before every season starts done a phenomenal job of making me stoked for that upcoming season 
and then I watch like two episodes, and I completely lose interest. Oh, dear. So we'll see if that happens again. Again, it's a whole new ball game because we're a thousand years in the future, and the Federation has crumbled. So oh great. So that's, uh, I would recommend. Well, we know that started in, in Picard, so... Uh yeah, right, exactly. So. so, Paul, please tell us about Wild Card, the downfall of a radio loudmouth. It's an interesting movie, and I thought of you, Art, about oh, this. Oh, is this Do you know this? Yeah. My dad emailed me about this <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. I have family, too. Do you want too. me to read this email? Sure, yeah. So, I have family that's COVID quarantining right now because uh, this one person is a nurse and works in the COVID wing of their local hospital, and a dementia patient who has COVID and didn't realize that she has COVID or whatever touched her face. Oh, God. oh. Okay, as she, yeah. So under her mask and everything. So she got COVID immediately, obviously, oh. had to go home and quarantine for two weeks. So she watched this documentary and then she emailed us and was like, This doc reminded me of Paul because it's a, a man who screams horrible things on the radio. <laughs> um, wow. So you got to watch it. And so we did. What did your dad say, Art? So he said, Last night on Crave, I watched Wildcard, the downfall of a radio loudmouth. It's about a pair of radio announcers who became widely famous on sports network in New York until the gambling addiction of one of them leads to his downfall in prison. At the end of the film, the real governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, yeah. is interviewed about his friendship with them. So the story is based Ooh. on fact. What could be more or what more could one ask for in a film? Radio <laughs> announcing sports gambling. Wait, did your, dad, <laughs> Hilarious. did your dad spoil the whole movie for you? It's based on real fact. I know these things, too, happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So it's an no, interesting right. story. I had no idea, actually. I knew a little bit about uh, WFAN in New York. Is, is like Mad Dog? Is that the guy's name? No, it's uh, Craig Carton. It's a massive radio station. Like That's the morning show that Jerry Seinfeld listens to and calls into whoa. on the regular. Like, Dang. And you may remember a bunch of years ago, Don Imus... Uh, set of racism and so he got fired he was like a big famous new york radio guy he got fired the guys they brought in to replace him was boomer esiason who's like a football guy yeah, right? yeah, yeah former football player and then this guy named craig carton who was just like a good radio host and built another massive show but then this this is why i remind of you art yeah. is this craig guy got into some hot water gambling yeah See, I don't know all the details. That's why I want to watch it. So, anyways, as far as the documentary goes, though, it's like, yeah, he gets into hot water. He's doing fraud. He's accepting money uh, to do certain things with, I don't know, like print T-shirts or something, and then he just goes and gambles it instead. Hmm. That's fraud, right, in a business relationship? And so when you're watching this thing and they're building up to like, oh, shit, it's going to be this crazy thing he goes to jail for, and then it's just like this fraud? It's just like, oh, that's not so bad. You know, he loses his entire life, Seems his career. Like white collared crime. A yeah, bit. for like just this, he's he's uh, he's doing with money of rich people a thing before he does the thing he tells them he's gonna do. Anyway, so it was kind of anticlimactic in that way, but it's an interesting enough watch, and it's not that long. So yep. if you're interested at all about sports gambling and kind of like media gone awry or whatever, you know, as far as like a media personality fall from grace, it's like okay, who cares, dude? This is. My life before it ends. But the radio <laughs> it's very hard, Aronson. Do not get too deep into sports betting, okay? Oh, my God. I lost big this past weekend, oh too. Oh, dear. Oh, it was not good. I was telling Kirsten about it before I did the bets, and this is what You were living the high life. Oh, you would have heard about it if I had won, <laughs> guys. Ugh. Ryan, happier news. Please tell us about Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. 
Oh, I need to hear this story, Art. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 a lot no, of no. losing, Brian. A lot of losing. <laughs> um, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. I didn't think we were going to get it this soon, but then I just saw another YouTube video on it, and I was like, I'm excited to get this. So <laughs> It was like first day out. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a new Mario Kart game that comes with an RC car. Um, so the RC car has a camera on it. And uh, the camera itself uh, basically acts as like that's this is where you're racing is you're racing around your house uh, and you create uh, the course in your house and it's it's very fun. Um, I was uh, and, and also oh, yeah, I should also mention that my six year old chases the car around like a cat, but it's fun to watch because <laughs> there are then a lot you're of watching videos of cats knocking yeah. and chasing these cars. It's yeah. pretty fun. yeah, but yeah. then it's it's fun though because like you actually he's now part of the course. Right? <laughs> he's an obstacle. Yeah, he can make himself an obstacle in the course if if you want. That's amazing. Uh, so, so Brian, my when I saw the video for this. My only reaction was like, I bet this gets old, and then you just got a bunch of crap laying around your house. So what are you, a few days into having this, or how long now? <laughs> yeah, weekend? well, I got it on Friday, right. uh, on the weekend. And yeah, like so that is that is the, the thing, is it because you actually, um, with the RC car, you actually get these cardboard course markers. Yeah. Right? So there's, there's four course, or, or gates, actually. So you can unfold them. And then set them up. Uh, you can put weights on them so that the, the actual RC car, if it bumps into it, it doesn't move the uh, the, the flag or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so the, the my only thing with them is that you know they fold into themselves so that like it's it's neat to put away. Like you you know you you're not just kind of like leave like setting them up and then now you got these like giant clunky things That's that you good. have to find a spot yeah, for right. them. The only thing is is that they're not the easiest to fold back in. You know, like they're, it's, it's kind of like. So you have ended up with large pieces of wide cardboard. Uh, well, cause then at some points, cause like it, it's, it takes longer than you really want to, to sort of fold it back in. So sometimes I'm just like, well, we're going to be playing this again tomorrow. Right. So then we'll put it off to the side and we won't fold it up. And then that way we can kind of build a course again. Well, um, it's my more, my more question was, is it, is the gimmickiness or the novelty of it going to wear off pretty soon? Do you think? No, because it's played like a game. Like they're actual um, levels, and and like there's different AR, like there's different digital things that you see within the kind of the AR of the course and everything like that. That like if you like Mario Kart and if you can play Mario Kart for as long as you do, then you could probably be playing this one for just about as long, you know. And, and, and not get tired of it because there are different levels to it. You could also, you know, level, you, you can have unlock different outfits, different cars and, and stuff. And yeah. And so right now, no. But then again, yeah, maybe we're just in the honeymoon phase of it. Still looks pretty cool. I'm well, see if you're singing a different tune when you got to replace the battery in that RC car, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and no, wait, it's USB C charging. Oh, it is! No, I watched it in depth. There's a really nice hidden panel along the side, and it's yeah. freaking like, bless you, Nintendo, for finally matching us in this century, and it's USB-C. Yeah, oh, okay, that's a horse of a different color. Also, I'm a pretty quick draw at replacing toy batteries now. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. You get one of those like little baby screwdrivers on your hip at all times. Oh God. Like in those things, is like Fort Knox trying to like get to the battery <laughs> compartment Well, especially if it's like a tri-wing, if it's like your proprietary screws. Like, what a pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, it's spoopy season. It's spoopy month. And I've been listening to 13 Days of Halloween. Oh, what is that? This is a podcast, and it's put out by Aaron Mankey, who is best known for a podcast that's been going on since 2015 called Lore. And Lore is like, I am not a guy... Like I, I listen intently to these podcasts because they're they're cool historical, spoopy stories. Yeah, um, and, and they're historical, like based on true stories. Yes, that's oh, kind of the coolest whoa. thing about it. That's really the coolest thing about. It. And he's he does a great job of like build, 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 and then he'll say this one line at the end, and you're just like, oh, that was so cool, kind whoa. of thing. But another thing about Aaron Mankey's voice is he is definitely a podcast you could fall asleep to if you want. <laughs> Thirteen days of Halloween. It's being released. For 13 days, we're on day two, as it's Tuesday. The last day will be um, Halloween, obviously. And it's sort of like uh, maybe an anthology. Maybe I'm using that word correctly. You have sort of your crypt keeper, your, your host. Um, he's the caretaker of Hawthorne Manor. And... Okay. He sort of does the intro, yeah. and then the rest of the episode is spent with a particular guest voice telling a particular story. And the thing about this one is it's done in binaural audio, which, if you don't know, oh, is the no. microphones that are placed, um, the uh, the left and right microphones are placed about the same width apart as your ears would be. So when you listen on headphones, it's sort of like mimicking this 3D sort of sound. Yeah. Binaural audio is nothing new. I honestly think it had its heyday in the 90s. So it's interesting here. What makes it a challenge from a production standpoint, and most normal listeners shouldn't care about this, but I'm an audio geek, is that... This stuff has to be recorded live in the room kind mm -hmm. of thing. So you think about the logistics of recording this, and that kind of takes me out of it. And it is not done to incredible effect, but some of it is done pretty well. Like, oh, by the way, your caretaker is Keegan-Michael Key. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, Learning like a fun. thing or two about setting up and punchlining. Yeah, I guess so, right? He does um, a good job. He's he he sort of plays it this kind of you know. So it's it's a little overdone, and you're, the stories are done a little bit more seriously. Again, there's only been two, but I've been quite enjoying it. Uh, and Aaron Mankey of Lore is behind it. If you if you know his stuff, and if you don't, yeah, it's good listening, especially around this time of year. Oh God, there has just never been a better time to enjoy listening to things. Yep. Oh my God, I'm so glad that. Yeah. Um, and I love, I remember last Halloween, um, it was like both, I think it was like a reply all and this American life to like stable podcasts for a lot of people. And for me, especially like right, like the day of or before Halloween, both released like Halloween episodes with spooky ghost stories nice. and, and Halloweeny type stuff. And it, skyrocketed my enjoyment of the holiday through the roof. Wonderful. So this is so good. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to listen to it while I'm walking at night. That's oh, going to be a very That's movie. a bad good idea. I know, oh, but I'm a tough bad guy. So I like it's so atmospheric. Myself. Oh my goodness. But this binaural thing is it distracting? To affect is one thing, but when I listen to a podcast and like it's an interview and one guy's in one ear and the other guy's in the other ear, shit, don't <laughs> do that. Just put it in my brain properly. It'll sort it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I will have to say I'm not as impressed as I thought I would be, uh, especially because they sort of lead with this in the trailer oh, no. or in the, in the teaser for it. Like, because I have heard amazing binaural audio. Um, the, the this is not amazing. It's it's good though. 
It's good. Don't. But do, it's not. It's it's sort of done for the sake of it. Look, it. you can do something where you pan, all right? You can And, like, that's yeah, a post-production thing. Production. Yeah, pan at one ear and then to the other ear. I'm doing it right now. I'm over in your right ear. <laughs> now I'm over here. Can you believe it? Okay, right? Um, that's one thing. You can produce it to make it cool, to make it ethereal, to make it, you know, put yourself in the world or whatever. Someone's coming up behind you or to your left or whatever. But don't do this. Yeah. It's gimmick and it's stupid. Any other reviews and recommendations? I finally got around Brian to watching the Chef Show. Oh, nice! Oh, yeah. is that the one with John Favreau? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. First off, don't watch this show if you're at all hungry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, don't. You, you will order in. You will eat whatever you have in your fridge. <laughs> uh, it did. Yeah, it was great that way, and also great. Like I don't know, it's the first episode in, but all of a sudden there's Tom Holland, Robert Downey Jr. Amazing. sitting at a table, and I'm like, and the Russo brothers. I'm like, all right, I'm into this. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. yeah. That so. that fizzles though. It's like they're I think first uh, season he he gets like a lot of people like that. He gets Bill Burr making grilled cheese sandwiches in yeah. in yeah. one one episode. Um and then he eventually just becomes about them, which yeah. is still cool too. Like as a cooking show, I think it's like it's one of the funner cooking shows cuz they also you know, you'd uh, you'd have to pause it and or you know, kind of go back to it every now and then. But they do also show you how to make some of these dishes. So I've actually, you know, made some of these dishes and some of these dishes from the movies as yeah. well. It's like that that there's like this seductive scene in the the movie Chef where he's like making this pasta dish for Scarlett Johansson. Yes, Scarlett's bones. pasta. They oh, called my. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I ended up learning how to make that. <laughs> it's like wow. Well, Just I got to learn how to make this pasta now. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Awesome. Anything else? Well, since I ruined your Halloween costume, but I'll just say that um, <laughs> I am currently running through uh, Shit's Creek, finally, but art. Yeah, okay, yeah, I know yeah, you yeah. recommended highly. It is phenomenal. It lives up to all the hype, and I'm only in season one, yeah. which is like the worst season yeah. by what I hear. Yeah. It finds itself later, and it is really great. And so I think my girl and I are going to be Johnny and Moira Rose. Yeah! Ah, yes. Amazing! I, was, I only have to like put a little bit more eyebrow on to look like Eugene Levy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I might even get my haircut just specifically for this costume. Oh my god! Um, but uh, oh my god, Catherine O'Hara, she carries the whole show. Honestly, in terms of comedy, like it's, they're all funny. But she's unbelievable. And the relationship between David and anybody, I would yeah, say. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, every time she goes. Alexis. I, I, I die every time. <laughs> she, like, does a lot of screaming, and I just find it so, so funny. So that's what I'll say. So that's – I just bring it up so I could ruin my Halloween costume for you. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. What's Kurt- everyone else been for Halloween? Nothing. Halloween's canceled. Have yeah, you heard? Man. Dude, I got a guy dropping me off a bunch of PVC pipes to the radio station to make a candy slide for my house. So it's not canceled in my neighborhood, everybody. Come and get a full-size Snicker bar. I'm going to Costco this week and I'm dropping a grant. Come and get my candy. Well, you invited me to come hand out candy. So that's yeah, yeah, dude. We're doing yeah. it out in the driveway. You didn't invite me. Social you didn't invite D. Bud. You didn't invite Brian. You're all invited to come. No, they get their own houses to hide candy yeah, at. I don't have any house to go to. <laughs> but you're welcome to come to my driveway and hand candy, but just it's not canceled. It's canceled in Ontario because we're spiking cases, but Dr. Bonnie says it's important for our mental health to collect candy. You can't do it in a mall. Come to my house. Holy I'm smokes. Not being anything. <laughs> Holy smokes. If I can figure out how to get my uh, youngest kid in the car in his costume, then maybe we'll swing by. Why? What's wow. it going to be? So I was, telling, I was telling you that they're into this show called Gravity Falls, which right. again... 
You should actually, if you got your Disney Plus account, you should you should burn through them. They're pretty it's good. Really good. Phenomenal. Um, so he's this character called Bill Cipher, who is this giant yellow pyramid with one eye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so Aiden's been making it for him, and like Aiden raided like our recycling bin with all of like the cardboard and stuff. Amazing. And he made this thing, and like I went and bought them like when I was school supply shopping for them back in. Um, August, I went and bought them at Staples, like this yellow duct tape. Um, <laughs> oh man, amazing! So, yeah, it's looking really good. But it's one of those ones where, like, you know, you need he's a car to transport it. Well, yeah, and then like he, when he puts it on, like if he wears his costume to school and he puts it on before he sits in his desk, he's gonna have to take it off because he's not gonna be able to sit. <laughs> right? In his desk. Oh my god! So I'm gonna, I'll take a pic. I've been taking like pictures of their progress. Yes, yes, yeah. that's great. That is fantastic. All right, well, yeah, bring him over. Bring everyone over to my house. Twenty five nineteen. Road, Victoria. Oh BC. my God, Paul! Come over and just get candy. For- just come. Who's coming? Just come oh, to my house geez, and get candy. During this whole thing, during this whole podcast recording, Bud's been like sending us production notes on our group chat. I bet you he's gonna say like bleep out Paul's. You second bet I am. <laughs> Kirsten oh, James, God. where can we find you on the internet? At uh, seventeen. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Road. Um, my phone number is <laughs> no. God, you guys. Kirsten. Dot the last three numbers. Of okay, my fine. Jeez. <laughs> Art Aronson. At Art Aronson. hat. Yeah. Oh, what? Dude, that hat's uh, amazing. So Brian, he's wearing the hat that says sports on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's in that baseball typeface with the exclamation point at the end. Like, this is wow. so nice. my hat. And sports. So and he's so wearing good. a sweet shirt today. Looks like the first pick in the NFL draft. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But, well, they're all, they all wear hats and they have, like, a suit on. Oh, do they? Yeah, oh, that's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. That's a nice hat, too. It's a great hat. Yeah, it there were, like, nice. five different flavors, and I chose this one because I like wow. the texture of yeah, it. Yeah, it looks really good. Thank you. Yay. I'm very happy with it. Sports! Art, tell us about you. At Art Aronson. Uh, Brian. Uh, I'm not going to give out my address, but you can find me on Instagram, <laughs> Boitano913, and Twitter, Boitano913, and on Facebook, uh, DJ Boitano, and I'm on Facebook. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> oh, jeez. What? All right, all I'm just right. saying That's I'm on enough. Facebook. That's I'm just enough. saying I'm on Facebook. But, Paul. Brian, if you ever decide to leave, can you please let us know? <laughs> Paul Pastino. Paul Pastino. Because <laughs> I wouldn't know where to go. Okay, all on. right. Paul Pastino. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter tweeting about how I'm off of Facebook. Oh, no. Come on. Please drop me likes. Uh, <sighs> at Paul Pastino. Sports. Good Lord. I'm Webmeister Bud on all socials. This has been the Zones Geek Up Podcast, episode 107. Thank you very much. Bye! <laughs> Paul, it's up to you what you want to do with that. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner. Okay, nope, too spooky for my walk. Gonna switch back to Conan O'Brien or something. Thanks anyways for the recommendation, but maybe later in the daytime.